What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Forget what people think. Woo. This thing is a beast. <clears throat> what? Happy birthday, turtle. Are you kidding? My gift's on the front seat. Then I can't take this. Yes, you can. It's a $200,000 car. $240,000, actually, but I'm playing Enzo Ferrari, so I got 10% off. Seriously, I don't feel right about this. I didn't feel right about the last car I gave you getting repossessed. <laughs> Besides, I've had a great year, and you're my good luck charm, so please enjoy. Okay. <laughs> Happy birthday, turtle. Welcome back, baby bros, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Hitty, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. The voice is finally back. I'm back from my European adventure. Italy was cool. It rained the whole time, and I obviously got some sort of sinus infection flu thing. Tested for COVID a bunch of times. All negative, your boy is still undefeated against the vid. This is an awesome episode. It's a super fun episode of Entourage in general. Turtle's 30th birthday. He runs into 50 Cent. He gets the two cars. But having Kyle on is always a blast because he and I are close friends. The rapport is great. Kyle knows Entourage inside and out. Obviously, you guys know him well. He's the host of Bidstream Sports and from Phenom to the Farm. Always great to get him in the mix every season for a fun episode. All the usual stuff. Follow at Oh Yeah Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Leave us a five-star review if you're so inclined. I will be in Austin this upcoming weekend, the 15th through the 17th for Austin City Limits. If any listeners are around or going to that festival, hit me up and enjoy the episode. It's another lawn one here today. Uh, Big desks coming up for the next couple weeks. I will leave it at that. Enjoy the episode and have a great rest of your week. You know him. I love him. He's one of my favorite guests to have on every season. He's been on for The Script and the Sherpa in Season 1, Gotcha in Season 3, Snow Job in Season 4, and then last season we recorded a redo slash remake of the Sundance Kids for the return of the podcast. Welcoming to the Five Timers Club, the host of Bidstream Sports and From Phenom to the Farm, Kyle Banduho, welcome back to the Entourage Podcast. I assume my, my Five Timers client... Uh, five timers club robe is in the mail that's right yes it's it's Perfect. burgundy and it has uh it has ari gold smoking a cigar on it exactly I'll, I'll go to the lounge and hang out with steve martin and paul <laughs> simon and deep snl cuts tonight deep deep snl cuts i think you're the first to do all to do five i think tamerlindo is probably one behind you and that's probably it everyone else is like two or three times i'm having you on every season you and i love to chat you and i when this episode drops i think are going to be seeing each other in person in austin which i'm very excited about yeah very soon very soon i guess soon of when we're soonish of when we're recording very soon of when this episode drops. correct because this is this episode's gonna come out in the in the near future we're talking about episode three of season six one car two car red car blue car probably the longest title of an entourage episode it aired on july 26 2009 kyle before we dive in where were you mid-july 2009 where were you on the stage so i was making some big big life changes i had um i had just graduated from high school huge um when i graduated i was i i intended to go to texas tech just to be a student and Mm -hmm. um you know and and do things that people do at texas tech and, um, but I, I still, I hadn't given up the dream playing baseball somewhere. I was playing summer baseball just like, and I, I got a, an offer to be a preferred walk-on at a division two school in Odessa, Texas. And this happened at like the end of June. So I changed my, my college plans at the end of June and I just switched over it and convinced my mom to say, instead of going to like the big school experience or whatever, I need you to drop me off in the desert in an oil town. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know that didn't go that didn't go over so great but yeah that's i was i was preparing to go to college in a the opposite of a college town wow that's actually incredible i didn't i, I knew the part about you going to the small school but i didn't realize that you were going to be a red raider and that like it was all gravy and then this happened it's, it's a similar story to me i don't mean to make this about me but this 
the spring of my senior year of high school, I got recruited to be a preferred walk-on at DePaul University to be on their track team. And I was initially supposed to go to a much smaller school. So I went to the bigger school as opposed to the smaller school because I wanted my name and lights. And it never happened. I ended the up bright in, lights of DePaul track. The, the bright <laughs> lights of Big East track and field. I didn't, I barely even made it through the first season. My hip just separated from my body. And as you know, which we've talked about, my hip is still not the same. So thanks yeah, a lot. He paid the, he paid the price. <laughs> Thanks a lot, 18-year-old JR, you dickhead. Okay, we were talking about this offline, but this is a really fun episode. This is, a, this is, is. great. I love having you on for the fun ones, but really quick, I want to do a on this date, little time capsule for you. This is this is sometimes the easiest and hardest part of uh, every episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, but I was trying to find some baseball news for you, but there's not a lot of baseball news in like the mid-July doldrums of summer. At the time, your Minnesota Twins were 49 and 50. They would go on to end the 162-game regular season, 87-76, and 76, tied with the Detroit Tigers, necessitating a one-game playoff. This made the Twins the first major league team ever to play in a tiebreaker two years in a row. They had lost the year previously. They did win that game 6-5 to five in 12 innings. Game 163 is probably, of, of all the Twins games I have watched as a yeah, as like an, an aware person, that is that is my favorite Twins game ever. That wow. game against the Tigers. Yeah. One on a walk-off. Uh, Alexi Casillas singled in Carlos Gomez. Walk-off single in the Metrodome. Bottom of the 12th. Um, yeah. Went on to get swept in the ALDS, <laughs> as is tradition. But um, that, is, that is the, uh, yeah, that, that that was it for me. That that game was the shit. Well, what a time. You're 18 years old. This is oh, like yeah. you're fully formed. And, you're, and your life is baseball. And your, your team's doing well. And this happens to you. So Also, I wanted to, two like, this is more TV news. Two major broadcast comedies would debut the same time period, same three, four month time period. Modern Family which went on to run for 11 seasons and win over nine Emmys and is considered one of the most successful, 10th highest revenue generating show of all time. Ran the Emmys for a few years. Five years in a row, it won Outstanding uh, Comedy Series, which is a long fucking time. And then two for Eric Stone Street, two for Ty Burrell, just, and two for Julie Bowen, just a, a murderer's row. The wife and I are currently re-watching it. It's a great like wind-down show at night. And you don't realize there are 250 episodes of Modern Family. Oh, it's Family. crazy. The the money? Yeah. I, like, that cast, we're talking great, great, great grandchildren are yep. fine. I was working at Fox Television in Chicago when Fox TV acquired the rights, the syndication rights, to Modern Family. So that means the reruns could run on any Fox entity. So that could be FX be the fox local broadcast the cw all this stuff and i don't remember the amount of money they sold it for i'm looking right now it's like i think there was like each episode sold for like 2.5 million dollars so do the math 250 times two like it's just it's crazy they still run they still run too i mean it's um it's essentially it's kind of like the new what seinfeld and friends yep it's it's in that category of syndicated TV shows. In addition, that summer, another uh, American comedy debuted. Glee, a musical comedy drama that did not fare so well. It aired on the Fox Network. It began a six-year run, and it centered around a Glee club called The New Directions at the fictional William McKinley High School. The show did not have a happy ending. Uh, the death of the show star, Corey Monteith, caused it to abruptly end just five years later. Two more main actors from that show would go on to die in very tragic and suspect ways i have watched all of zero episodes of glee but i am familiar with the leah michelle can't read meme well everyone is right now yeah. but i mean i think of the five main cast members three are now dead which is yes, wild I, I have seen that which is pretty bonkers okay quick recap of this week's episode of entourage nervous about the test screening for his client charlie's new sitcom eric is upset when he learns that ashley doesn't find charlie likable meanwhile it's turtle's 30th birthday and the day begins with a phone call from his mother who chews him out for looking like a loser in people magazine vince tries to cheer him up by taking the whole dame driving on a local racetrack and then giving turtle the tease to a brand new ferrari vince realizes that he should have coagulated with jamie when she shows up with her own gift a porsche lloyd continues his 100 days of hazing memorizing our 
Ari's client's favorite drinks. When Eve comes by to talk to Ari about Vince's latest film offers and gets the stores from the test pilot while he's there, he learns they want to replace Charlie. Later, Turtle shows up asking Ari for career advice in the form of potential investors for a business he wants to start. But Ari gives him a speech about the hard work needed to be a self-made man. E avoids Charlie's calls and holds up with Asher to figure out what's wrong with the pilot, and he finally realizes that Charlie sucks, but that Eric needs to sell his client anyways. And after getting advice from Ari on how to lie, E storms into Amy Miller's office but fails miserably. Later, at his birthday dinner, Turtle and Jamie announce that Turtle is going back to school at the UCLA Extension for Business Management. Kyle, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? The speech you mentioned, the Ari Ari Turtle pep talk, it is one of, it's it's something there, you know, there are those various entourage dedicated Instagram accounts that post random clips mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It is one of my favorite Ari moments. And it's great because it is not one of these Jeremy Piven saying something wildly yeah. outlandish and making like he does make like a he sneaks in one crude sex joke because of course or like one crude joke about the the two Corys. Sure. But other than that, it is like it's it's a very humanized version of 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 Ari Gold. It's more down to earth. It is it is one of my favorite entourage moments ever. One of my favorite Ari Gold moments. Like it's an excellent, it's a legitimate, like it's a life advice thing. Like when he has Lloyd running through the mm-hmm. scripts and, and just as the example of like this man is is putting in the work and it, it's great like a phenomenal phenomenal scene one million percent that's what i have down to in this life nobody will invest because you think you have a business plan what are your startup costs at what point will your investors expect to see a profit it's delivered in that like screaming ari way but it's driving home the point turtle has not earned anything at this point he is just 100 ridden on the coattails of vince so he's kind of putting the fear and doubt of him as of like this is hard starting a successful business is the one of the most difficult things an american can do and uh it's great he then sits him down and gets like really serious with him he has this whole thing about his son and how like i worry that my son i'm gonna give him everything and because of that he will fail i'm not gonna do that to you he, he treats turtle as like a father figure he's a father figure to turtle and, and i think it's really great uh and it, this whole episode we were talking before we started recording like this is a really nice like entryway for turtle to begin his ascent he's been slowly like finding his way over the past season or two but this is where he makes a decision like i'm gonna be a full-fledged adult i'm 30 now he's lucky he didn't have to do anything <laughs> yeah it's one of the first times he is treated as an adult by ari yeah that's like true. It's, it's one of the first times ari shows turtle actual respect and takes him like he realizes that he's serious but he 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 is essentially saying this is great but you this is just having having some ambition because this is really the first time turtles had legitimate ambition (laughs) that's beyond like like getting scion the saigon 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 (laughs) yeah like that whole thing like it's it's really hey this is a great start now but you need a lot more than just a little ambition I can pull this off, Ari. He ends by saying, come back to me when you can prove it. It's great. It's a nice, like, plants the seed. You know, later on, we we don't want to see turtles start and sell many successful businesses, which gets a little ridiculous. But this starts so grounded in reality, and it's so nice to see. This is such a turtle-heavy episode and such an Ari-heavy episode, and this is easily the best moment. I'm glad we're in agreement, Crash. I was wondering if I could talk to you for a minute. Talk to me about what? Career advice. For who? For me. But you don't have a career. Five minutes. I'm in a meeting. Come on, Ari. It's my birthday. Five minutes. Lloyd, tell him I'll be right back. What's up, Lloyd? Hello, Mr. Turtle. What's up? I'm looking for funding for a business idea that I have. Did you go to a bank? Yeah. They laughed in my face because I have no collateral. Did you tell them about your hat collection? Come on, Ari. You live with a guy who just gave you a quarter million dollar car. You need money, go to him. I'm trying to do this on my own. Coming here asking me for money is not doing it on your no, own. No, 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 I'm not asking you for money. I'm asking you to put me in touch with people who invest in businesses, and I know you know those kinds of people. You stuck with Vince through all the rough times. Now he's on Easy Street, and you want to branch out on your own? You two have a fight? No. I just think it's time for me to make something of myself. Turtle, do you know what it takes to make something of yourself? I mean, come on. I worked a job through college and grad school. Lloyd! Yes, Mr. Gold. Hit the stack. In front of people? I am not performing. The kingdom of foibles. 
The Kingdom of Foibles, written by Karen Brown. A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court meets Die Hard. A man awakes in the midst of the this crusade. This man can quote from the entire stack. That is what he's willing to put in for his own success. He's paying his dues. When have you paid yours? I'm willing to pay him now, and I have a great idea. So do all these idiots. Can you execute it? I think I can. In this life, no one is going to invest because you think you can. Do you have a business plan? No, I mean, I haven't sat down and put... What do you need? Office space, insurance, how many employees? What do you project to earn? What do you need to break even? At what point can your investors see some profit? I don't know. Look, when my son was born, my greatest fear was having this conversation. I knew that I would give him anything he wanted because he was my son, and I couldn't say no, which sucks, because it wouldn't help him, and he'd just end up on the street doing heroin with the two Corys because I was too much of a pussy to teach him a lesson. I won't make that mistake with you. Just say no. I could pull this off, Ari. Come back to me when you can prove it. What is your favorite bros being bros moment? And I think everyone knows what that means, but just moments of male camaraderie, friendship, whatever you define it as. I have a mix of two. Let's hear it. Um, the, the first, it's right at the beginning. It is when E is relaying his problems, his relationship problems with Ashley to his friends instead of just like addressing them in the relationship. But they're just like, they're all, he's all like bitching about it in the kitchen and they're having this, this discussion, but he's not actually, he's not bringing up any of these. Cause then when he goes back at Caesar at the house, he's like, no, none of this comes up. So that's yep. very, that's very bros being bros and, and having like the sounding board aspect oh, yeah. of that. And just also men being men and not having like the guts to say anything. <laughs> Jesus, take it easy. I didn't even ask her to watch it. And who says something like that anyway? Maybe she's trying to be constructive. I hate him. That's constructive. I hate when people tell me they hate me. I didn't even ask her to sleep over. She just did. That's bullshit. I also think that giving the birthday gift, like giving the Ferrari to Turtle, listen, none of us are giving each other a Ferrari, yeah. Yeah. but like it is, you reach a point in adulthood where like, I think the first time guys actually experiences it, like a friend is getting married or something like mm -hmm. that. You guys all get together for a gift. Like that is a semblance of adulthood where it's like, you guys can buy more than like, a 30 rack of beer. Like yeah. I actually, I actually really liked that moment. I love that. It's funny. Uh, my best friend back in Chicago loves expensive bottles of liquor. Are you familiar with Classe Azul? They're like tall, like ornate bottles of tequila. They're sold primarily in like Cabo and Tulum and they look great on your shelf. And they're so marketed towards like people who like to collect nice bottles of booze because they almost look like a decoration. And that's kind of a basic white girl thing to want. But he wanted like this really rare one, this like blue and green bottle with like this ornate top. And I had just gotten a job this past June and we were in LA for something. And my wife was like, hey, let me, um, let's make this stop. I, I want to go pick up something. And she had like called around and found two bottles in the entire city of Los Angeles and was like, hey, I got one for you. You just got this job. Congratulations. Shout out to my wife. And then she's like, and then this can be for your best friend's birthday. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be the greatest gift I've ever given him. Like Your wife, yet again, a, a true queen. Seriously, yeah. we got to have her back on the pod. I might have to with this trip that I have coming up where I'm, her and I will be in Italy talking about Entourage and she'll just want to fucking strangle me because she's like, what are we doing in this hotel room? <laughs> we're, in Ro we're in Rome and we're talking about Entourage. <laughs> I'm like, babe, just rewatch the episode a couple times. Yeah, it's great. Right after the E scene, my favorite bros being bros moment, Kyle. The guy's having, like, a big birthday breakfast for Turtle, even though Drama and E don't live there anymore. It's so good. Like, only these four. But it's it, it feels like something we would do, right? Like, if I lived near you, it was your 30th birthday. Yeah, we would one go of us out would be to like, Dude, come over. We'll have a big yeah. breakfast for you. Yeah, bring the kids, that type of thing. What are you guys doing here? Turtle! Hey! Hey! hey. hey. It's your birthday, boy. Happy birthday, Turtle. Thanks, man. I made you your favorite with a little twist. Yeah, interesting. Thanks. What's wrong? My mother's mean. She always was. Remember your 13th birthday? She got you a Weight Watchers membership. Didn't until now. What'd she say? I just saw the People magazine pictures. Sneakers. She thinks I'm a loser. Turtle, you're in a magazine that's published all across the world. You're not a loser. Now knock it off. Come on. Brutal. And then later, I guess, like, everyone just trying to snap Turtle out of his funk. Like, he's really kind of feeling it and, like, feeling his age and kind of out of it and kind of a real mark of birthdays when you get older oh 100 i have you had one of these have you had like a sad birthday um 
not so 30 was weird for me because it happened right after covid yeah so it's like yeah everyone was it was it was a weird thing i have there there have been like i our 31 this year was like a nothing burger and i think that's also a sign of it of like oh sure. i know another one another one but like Definitely. yeah those the the more it's like it's pretty commonplace, but like the older you get, the more common it is to have like kind of just like the birthday bummer or the, just the feeling that it is just another day and life is passing you by. I'll argue every birthday after 21 that isn't a decade milestone, 20, 30, 40, 50. Often I don't remember how old I am. Often someone's like, how old are you, Dan? I'm like, 32, 4? I think I'm 34. And I just have to, like, I literally have to think about it because it's just the number that means nothing anymore to me. Yeah. I did have like a pretty significant uh, uh, birthday blues at 27 for some reason, which is such a random one. And my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time, reminds me about it constantly. She's like, remember when you were super sad that you were fucking 27? <laughs> and now you're 35 almost. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty funny in retrospect. Uh, least favorite moment from this week's episode, Kyle? This episode for me doesn't actually have a lot of low moments. All right. This isn't a least favorite, but this is a unrealistic, which you know, you know, that's my passion in pop culture. Vince knowing the word coagulated. Yes. No chance. No yeah, chance. Um, I will say the, I see what they were trying to do. Like the theme of this episode is getting Turtle to spurn up some ambition because he feels inadequate, mm. but feeling like a loser because your friend and girlfriend buy <laughs> you luxury vehicles is, <laughs> I, I think, different because it's like, this is not a sign of, oh, I can't, you don't think I can buy my own car? No, we don't think you can buy a luxury yeah. vehicle like a this. $240,000 Ferrari. It's the same yeah. when they bought E, the Maserati, which yeah. this isn't a, hey man, like I'm getting, you know, I bought you a used Camry. I know <laughs> that you've, you know, you could use the help. Like that's where it's like, oh, you don't think I can do that. You cannot do this, but your both your friend and girlfriend have reached such levels of success that they want, they're doing this because they appreciate you. And I think- I understand it was a plot device to get Turtle a little morose. I'm wondering if there was a little more realistic, you know, realistic way of that, of like, you know, maybe they're picking up every, you know, he realizes that like he hasn't, he never picks up a tab or they talk about picking up a tab and he realizes he's never done that because he never has. Maybe, maybe it's something like that. But other than that, like this episode for me didn't have really any low moments, although Bow Wow and I mean, and that's just kind of the, the whole we, this whole is run. fortunately the last episode we ever see him which is fine and i've talked about it to death just about how it doesn't work and but yeah no i, I was kind of glad to see him go to go back to the point you just made he mentions to ari like every bank i've gone to has laughed me out of the building looking for a loan that might have been an interesting thing to see on screen like turtle go and like have some banker be like not doesn't give a fuck that he's Vince's guy and just be like, you have no credit. You have no work history. What what do you think you're doing here? That might have been too real for Entourage or not flashy and sexy enough. But like maybe seeing that on screen versus I guess the dad is good. Vince buying the Ferrari and Jamie buying the Porsche. Mm -hmm. But it's so just like in this fanciful world where people do that for you. And up until literally the previous episode turtle would have been ecstatic about either of those presents yeah so. that yeah that's that's another thing it goes against his character completely like he would have been he would have been very grateful yeah like it in a in a different like two seasons prior even a season prior it would have been like an they would have worked it into more of like an odd thing of like oh how do i tell jamie she's got to take this like whose car do i tell him they've got to yeah. take back it would be more and i'm kind of glad they didn't go that direction but it's uh i i think you're right that the bank thing would have been would have been more also like I would love to know how those conversations went. I have a business idea. Like he had been the same thing that Ari, like even before they asked him the credit history and stuff, it's like, can I, do you have your business plan? Like, did you bring me a, a presentation, a PDF, anything? It's like, no. Yeah. In no, there. right here. Let me take off my cap and twist it around forward or something. Like that. <laughs> oh, you gotta be kidding me. What? what? Nothing. Stay here. Happy birthday! Oh, what did you do? <laughs> Damn, turtle, you clean it up! Oh you don't God. like it? <laughs> What's so funny? We should have coagulated. What do you mean? That's my gift. Oh no. <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. Well, you deserve everything! <laughs> Why do you guys think I'm such a loser? Loser? What are you talking about? I knew you didn't have a car. I could buy my own car. How? 
I thought you really like it. I do like it. Of course then I like it. Then enjoy it. Come on, you want to take me for a spin? Yeah. This is something I got to do real quick. Can I drop you at home and then see you at dinner? Yeah, sure. Okay. Enjoy your new car. My least favorite moment is, it's not every time Ashley's on screen, but it's when Eve comes back from the Ari meeting and she's just still hanging around his house, laid in his bed, like, just won't go away, won't take the hint, like, hey, listen, honey, like, you gotta go, we'll, we'll hook up later tonight or the next day. That feels like, and it's an intentional thing by the writers and, and creators of the show, like, she's meant to be annoying. And it's anno it annoys me how she, like, basically doesn't trap E, but, like, seduces E. End of yeah. the episode, he's like, I kind of like Ashley. And like, you, the whole audience is like, come on, dude. We, we all see what she's doing. She's she's a little toxic. She's a little jealous. She's super insecure. Like, maybe it's because she's young, but don't love it. We can we can talk more about Ashley later if you want. Yeah, Kyle. yeah, I've got some takes. Hello? Eric, you scared the shit out of me. Me too. What are you still doing here? Oh, I'm sorry. Your bed is just so comfortable. I don't want to leave. Oh, it's three o'clock. <laughs> Didn't know you had a checkout time. No, I don't. I just. I can go. No, it's okay. I'm just gonna watch the pilot again. Oh, did you get any word on the screening? Yeah. Yeah, they hated them just like you did. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I feel bad. I shouldn't have put that out there in the universe. <laughs> well, I don't think that's why they hated them, but thanks. Okay, well, why do you think they hated him? I don't know. It's something to try to figure out. Well, do you want a second eye? Sure. What was the most entourage moment of this week's episode? It was actually the first, literally the first scene of the episode. It's Turtle ending up in People magazine. <laughs> like, because he's dating a celebrity. Like, Turtle ending up. It reminds me now of the the scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where yeah. he's accompanying Sarah Marshall on the set, and that's essentially what Turtle is. And for yeah. me, that was like... Turtle is in People magazine, which is Kembe Matumbo like, out of the shot. <laughs> yelling, at, <laughs> yelling at fucking Jason Siegel. That's exact. That's exactly what it was, though. It's like that's a, there. There are a couple of things with like affluence and obviously like the two, you know, the the Ferraris or whatever, sure, like sure. that whole thing. But it's like the being so associated with this life, like that's a random thing that can happen. Turtle is essentially just going going about his life dating someone but it, he's living in the circle of people where the person he's dating now means he is in one of the biggest magazines in the country <laughs> it's yeah, and it's like this like embarrassing thing like yeah it's, yeah his mom's like oh <laughs> everyone here knows you now and it's so embarrassing because you wore a certain pair of shoes that's pretty funny <laughs> that's another that's another thing though is turtles like I, we understand that turtles mom has this like impetus to be mean yeah, yeah, yeah. but listen her son has accomplished nothing <laughs> no. over the course of his 30 years. She would be walking around with this article. It's my turtle in, yeah. in People magazine. Look at this. Look Dating at my the boy. girl from The Sopranos. You know her. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. She wouldn't be angry. I, I completely agree about that. Do you really need to give me a hard time today, Ma? Everyone's giving me a hard time today, turtle. I'm the laughing stock of the salon. Come on, what's the big deal? Did you see this caption? She's dating him? Question mark, exclamation point, in bold? Well, at least I look good. No, you don't. You look like shit. Sneakers with a tuxedo? They're patent leather. They're ridiculous. You know, Ma, this is really not a great birthday call. But maybe it's a wake-up call. You know spring chicken anymore, turtle. Get it together. I'm trying. I know you are. And I love you. I love you, too. Have a happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah, what is yours? I mean... <laughs> Oh, we're at they're at breakfast. Vince goes, we've got a lot of fun planned for today. Turtle goes, what are we doing? He's like, a little practice drive at the track. Turtle goes, so what, do you want me to drive you there? And Vince goes, no, but I do want you to drive. And then it <laughs> smash cuts to four Ferraris, like, racing down a track. Just, like, I know I change what my definition of for what Entourage is. Just every episode, it flashes. I'm like, this is so Entourage. Like, them just having a quiet breakfast, smash cut to something that, we can only ever dream of. And that's what makes the show so cool. And uh, yeah. it's that. We have a lot of fun planned for you this birthday. Yeah? What are we doing? Well, I have a little practice to do on the track. So why, you want me to drive you there? No, but I do want you to drive. You fuck me, drama, I'm gonna kill you! Anybody bumps anybody in these cars, I'm gonna kill them! 
I'll quit your whining, fellas. I'm playing to win. You sure you got the nerves, baby bro? Oh, I'm quite sure, Johnny. Oh, and by the way, Turtle. Yeah, man. Dedicating this victory to you, kid. Never <laughs> happened. Yeah? We'll see. <laughs> Fun fact, this episode won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Sound Mixing for a comedy uh, half hour or drama. So it probably had to do with like the sound. Definitely that Ferrari. The Ferrari and them like talking shit to themselves, shit to each other while they're racing. So that was cool. Favorite line or quote from this week's episode, Kyle? So I I have, you already mentioned the best, the best line. It's it's like the entire Ari monologue. But you know, that thing, the thing with the. There are two like throwaways that are funny. Um, when Turtle's on the phone with Ronnie and he says limb hose is a home run, <laughs> which like we you know at this point we've seen we've seen Ronnie is just kind of like a scummy dude. Yeah, just yep. just your your classic relative who's always into a into a bad business idea. Mm-hmm. What's the sudden panic, Turtle? I just I don't want you to miss out on this. I don't either. Every time I get in a cab with some smelly guy wiping snot on his sleeve. I dream of a world where this hot broad picks me up in a limo. Lim hose is a home run, Turtle. But if you want the money from me, you're going to have to wait. I can't wait anymore. You got to understand, I need a partner now. I understand. Just go eggs Vince. He's giving me enough. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, well, sorry, brother. Yeah, me too. Now I'll talk to you later, Ronnie. And then Lloyd saying, hello, Mr. Turtle. Turtle, like- that's good, yeah. <laughs> It tits off that whole scene, yeah. Lloyd knowing all the drinks and being light on, on his best behavior. Yeah. Do you so have one good. that's not that's outside of the Ari, you know, the Ari speech? Yeah. There are two drama lines. Uh, they're sitting around uh, turtles in his funk, and Vince goes, "Well, I don't know about dinner tonight. He's MIA." And drama goes, "Well, maybe he's just so small that nobody can find him." And it's like, <laughs> dude, you're gonna blast the dude when he's not even here. It's a very real moment that could fall under blo- bros being bros, like. Guys just talking shit for no reason. Especially to each other. drama, who excels in that. What's up? He's MIA. Ugh. Maybe he's just so small that nobody can find him. Wow. <laughs> Even when he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> I can't help it, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then later, uh, at the turtle birthday dinner, Turtle goes, You're really not gonna get me a gift. No, I'm really not. <laughs> because grown men shouldn't buy other grown men birthday gifts unless they're fucking the most drama the most drama thing too. He's so like, principled. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, the thing is drama spent all those years not buying people gifts because he was dead ass broke <laughs> and now he is just sticking to that. Like yep. drama is still if there's one thing he will always be is cheap. Yeah, that's great. It's the best part. And uh, and then obviously the reveal at the end when he like decides to pay for the extension tool which he school which he knew was like twelve hundred bucks that's him again being cheap. E dot uh, turtle a Rolex like this is these guys are really shelling out for their buddy's thirtieth birthday but uh, drama sticking to his principles I love it. And drama's been on five towns for multiple seasons oh, now yeah. I believe so yeah. he's doing well. He's got that sick condo that we literally don't see at all this season. <laughs> um. He's just yeah, over the he's house still the living guys. in the one that he gets like upsold on, right? That's right. And it's off often you hear the guys say, like, what are you even doing here, drama? You don't live here. And he's like, Baby bro, that's my companionship. And it's like, <laughs> Baby bro, we only rented out that studio space for one scene. We can't shoot there anymore. <laughs> uh best song from this week's episode. I have three. Stott Venner, music producer. We always shout him out. We have a playlist called Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, Music. You guys can listen to it in the show notes of today's episode. Well, actually, you go first, Kyle. This is is kind of like a low-key music episode in general. Yeah. I wouldn't um, say anything jumps out particularly. I liked the end credit song, actually. Yep. The Parlor Mob, Can't Keep a Good Boy Down. Yeah, um, good one. There was, there was the Van Halen song while they're driving the Ferraris, which is good. But like the, the end credit song was really the only time the music stood out to me. Okay. 
I completely agree. On fire by Van Halen while they're racing the Ferraris around the track. Can't keep no good boy down by the parlor mod. That's the end credit scene. I will also shout out Music by Eric Sermon. It's when they're all sitting on the patio and smoking weed and Jamie comes over with the Porsche. But this next song is the perfect transition into Best Celebrity Cameo. When 50 Cent pulls up next to Turtle, he's playing a 50 Cent song (laughs) called Okay, You're Right. (laughs) And he's blasting it. Can can absolutely see him doing this. Kyle, that would be like me pulling up next to you, blasting this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It should be incredible. What do you... That's actually a good idea to just like roll down your local main street. Yeah. You guys hear that this podcast is great. <laughs> this this almost honestly, like, I thought about saying this was the best moment of the episode. It really wasn't, but this is one of the top three most iconic gifts from this series. Easy. The 50 cent, the 50 cent gift. Yep. This is his he appears when Turtle drives the car out of Rufus's shop and wrecks, right? Or drives nope. out is, no, this, who this is, is only this is only 50 cents this is 50 cents only cameo in this show man i thought for some reason i thought he was the um he saw turtle wreck that car when he's nope. driving out of the body shop but i guess yeah but it's it's an incredible gift turtle staring at lauren london that's right do yeah. we think turtle actually knows 50 cent well enough to call him curtis okay so first off th- like I, I agree with you this is the it's like a belly laugh cameo it's like a perfect celebrity. Here's why it works so well. You wouldn't expect him to, to see 50 Cent in that moment, but he would definitely know Turtle in the Entourage universe because of Turtle's hip-hop stuff and the weed and all that stuff. And he seemingly has like the perfect sense of humor about himself, 50. Like He knows he's being a clown in this, and uh, it's like one of the most gifable moments from the episode. So I wrote... All the I ranked all the entourage cameos for complex, all 121 cameos, and I ranked this one as number five overall because it's, it's perfect. It's really good. It's the perfect amount of time. He dodges him two or three times. Oh, I see you're out in your daddy's car, and then just like pulls off and laughs at him. And it's just it's the perfect amount of time for a celebrity cameo versus like some long extended scene where Turtle's trying to sell Brian Urlacher fucking Avion tequila at as bar. It's like it's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the the funniest things 50 Cent has ever done. I would yep. say, aside from the video of him challenging Floyd Mayweather to read like 10 pages out of a Harry Potter book <laughs> or something. Man, get this camera out of my face, dude. That's <laughs> still one of the best moments in pop culture history. 50 Cent seems to be one of those celebrities that like, he sees a social media platform and he's like, I got it. Like he knows what to do to make himself be as likable as possible. You, you get the feeling that like he doesn't have some strong PR team telling him what to do. Fitty's just being Fitty. <laughs> Yo, Turtle. Yo, Curtis, what's up? What's up, man? See you out here in your daddy's car. Don't be somber. This should look good. <laughs> Best perk. This isn't. This hasn't been applicable for a few episodes, but I mean, there's a lot of perks thrown Turtle's way this episode. The, the obvious one is the two hundred and forty thousand dollar Ferrari, and then probably the hundred and fifty thousand dollar Porsche. Anything else? The driving experience in general. Yeah. Um. That. So I'm assuming like he gets Vince gets the ten. He said he gets ten percent off the car. I'm assuming the driving experience was also comped in some way. I went. I went to look. If you want to do this yourself. It's like 500 bucks. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm assuming what they, they got the four, they got the track to themselves. This Mm. like sold out track to themselves. I'm assuming that if you wanted to do that, I would assume that would have some sort of upsold cost. Like I'm, I'm guessing at least double. Yeah. And I'm assuming Vince got it comped in, in some form or fashion. Like he didn't, didn't pay full price because he's playing Enzo Ferrari. So I, I, that to me was the, the coolest perk of like, for your friend's birthday being able to say hey we're gonna do this ferrari driving experience and a like an old nascar track or old racetrack reserved just for us i've heard that this is something that guys do on bachelor parties like in vegas there are old racetracks out in the desert and you know you can shoot guns and race cars and do all this stuff it's definitely something i'd be interested in doing but i don't these guys are moving they're doing 180 200 miles an hour i don't know how the insurance works on something like that but yeah, I'm also not a good driver. Like, I feel like that would be fun, but I'm not. I There's another thing, like the NASCAR experience, where I think you ride shotgun with someone yeah. driving very fast. I think I might be more into that than 
than the actual because at some point someone would be like, hey, that guy's that guy's going like sixty five. <laughs> be like Ricky Bobby when he's when he can't drive and like everyone's <laughs> passing him. <laughs> if I was doing the NASCAR experience, so I did so motion set, I'm such a little bitch. I would just be puting. I would be like a sprinkler puting out the window, just spraying everyone as we go by. I've gotten more motion sick as I've gotten older, so that that might be a risk for me too. So that like I said, this is a cool perk. It's just not something that I think I would be super into. But you're right. Other than that, there's not besides like that and the cars and stuff. There's not really, there's not really too. I mean, Ashley gets a gets a great perk of like n- getting to stay in some random person's <laughs> nice house all day and watch God. watches TV. Did you hear the line? Well, let's hold on, Ashley. Well, <laughs> I'm very, I'm we're almost there. Lastly, Vince orders the most expensive bo- expensive bottle of wine the restaurant has, and then orders two more. Once they get to the table and then says that E's paying for it, which is kind of a weird move, but also why not? Vince has made everyone so much money. Let E, you can pick up this tab for turtle. Yeah. Well, that kind of comments on Ari says it too. And it's where the show is at, at this point when Ari says the thing, like now that Vince is on easy street and it's the show is now in this transition of we've had, we've had Vince, like we've had them struggling for money. We've had, you know, the Medellin bomb mm-hmm. Vince is now back and he's reached this point that we were always expecting him to reach of financially. They're secure. That is no longer going to be a plot device. Yep. And it's like, how is the show going to transition out when money, which is the root of, which is the biggest plot device in so many dramatic shows or dramatic comedies or what have you insecurity around finances is no longer a thing. And it's like, how is the show going to train going to still be engaging when Vince being a, an A-list celebrity is no longer like, is no longer at risk. And they, they kind of, they kind of go into that. And that's really, this is one of the better, better times it does that. But it, it also like, in the past, like it would be, it would have been a big deal, like the bottles of wine sure, and stuff like yeah. that, and gifting in the Ferrari. Even like the Maserati, if I remember correctly, is not looked upon kindly by uh, by Marvin. Yeah, but that's and that's because like, it's very very early in season two. He's only done head on. They are basically buying it in anticipation of Vince becoming Aquaman, but don't have. They're not liquid. They're like doing it all on credit, and again, like. Vince says that, oh, I got it at a discount. I just need to be shown riding around in it. But that's one of, that is my favorite Entourage episode. My Maserati does 185. It, uh, it's, uh, it's iconic. They uh, yeah. go to the Lakers game and sit courtside and go to Jamie Presley's. E may or may not have sex with a perfect 10 model. So yeah, it's, that it's was a gr- perfect. It's a great one, but it's just like now we're at a point where all that stuff is a given. Like yeah. they're, they're just gonna, they're gonna live this life. How do you make it interesting when they, you know, when they're, the, those four bottles of wine aren't a big deal. They're not going to get a call from Marvin uh, because I think he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's no longer in the show, which is a bummer. A, yeah. a great, great character actor. Question for you, Kyle. So given that this episode, this season, season six, you know, post him being Datsby, you know, it's kind of seen as they're experimenting a little bit. E, Turtle, and then even drama are like branching off on their own. Drama ends up quitting five towns out of principle. Do you think this season worked? It works comparatively it works better than um than the what comes later yep but because again it's it's like touching on this exact thing how do we keep the show interesting Mm -hmm. well we have i think the biggest thing the show struggles with in the prior season and the the ensuing season struggle with is in the end vince is still like our star he's still the center of the show and they really struggle to keep vince vince's plots engaging but this one actually letting Eric, Eric kind of wanting to venture out on his own. Uh, Turtle is now date. He's dating Jamie Lynn Siegler and he's trying to do his own thing. And they, they work into that. The early stages of that are a lot better. I think than people remember. Mm-hmm. It's just when the show struggle, like when the show cracks in the middle, when the Vince stuff is no longer, when Vince is no longer engaging, they don't figure out a way to keep his career. Cause you there's, and I've, I've thought about this way more than a person should have, there are ways they could have kept Vince interesting besides resorting to the, to whatever that, you know, to what they resorted to. Sure. Porn star, drug habit, exactly. all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. There are, because like Leonardo DiCaprio reaches this peak, like the point that Vince is at, Leo reaches it. Like you could say like after, let's say after Catch Me If You Can, where he, he's done the beach, which wasn't as successful. And now he's back in Catch Me If You Can. He's going to be, you know, he's set for life. Sure. Whatever. He's a star. But like, 
his career has been so interesting with the things he's tried to do and how he's valued himself and how he's conducted himself outside of, you know, and instead they, they, they took an easy play, but with what they did with season six, where it's like, it, at this point, it's still refreshing that Vince yeah. is, that Vince is just like, Hey, he's got cool project doing the Ferrari project at Gatsby financially. They're okay. We're going to start using this security to explore different things. I thought that was really like season six is, is a lot better than people give it credit for. It just, it, I think it gets wrapped into the back half a little more than it should. I completely agree with you. Uh, maybe Vinny pursuing like an Oscar, like Leo did. Like Leo famously like dogged by the Academy Awards and he tried really hard and basically made a movie where he's like, I will throw myself in the mud for three hours to win an Oscar. Something like that. Vince maybe setting some new personal goals for himself or maybe like not having on-set clashes like with Jason Patrick and the you know German director, but just more on-set stuff with Vince. It all would have been so much more captivating and interesting than Vince gets addicted to drugs and dates a porn star. Which, that would have know. been my exact thing of it, like a conversation between Vince and Eric. And it's like, did I get into this profession just to be just to be faint? Like I've got, you know, yeah. like them laying out like, hey, you could have you could be on easy street for the next 20 years. You could mm-hmm. take action. You could take you could do whatever. Do you really like love this profession or do you like being famous? Yep. Because there are a lot of people who do plenty of plenty of good work. Um, I, I don't want to like I don't want to shit on Ryan Reynolds. Sure. But like sure. Vince could have done the Ryan Reynolds thing where like Deadpool is a, a like Deadpool is good and funny and I like that. But like a lot of, you know, free guy and, you know, what was it, Red Notice or whatever it is. Sure. Like Vince could have done stuff like that for the rest of his career. But it's like, do you want to be just action rich action star? Or do you want to elevate your career and be like a thespian, for sure. lack of a better word? And that would have been really interesting in seeing Vince like we've seen stuff from big budget movies and, and Aquaman and, and things like that. And it's like what, you know, the last time we got an art project was like clean Queens Boulevard, but yeah. it's like, yeah. What if for an entire season, Vince is trying to, is like, maybe he's doing theater and then maybe he's trying to chase a, um, you know, he's, he's trying to find this script. He's trying to get like a Paul Thomas Anderson to put him in a movie sure. or something like that. Great points all around. Let's put a pin in it because we yeah. need to talk about our keeper or sleeper girl of the week. I've made my thoughts on Ashley perfectly clear over the course of the last two episodes. What are your thoughts, Kyle? So I, w- I want to separate <laughs> a couple things. So this, this character, like it's an easy downvote. Like she's, yeah. she's got, she's taken some crazy pills. Like she's not... This is not what you want. Like the the staying at the house, saying like I've seen that personally. This yes. is not this is not what you want. The in, in, ingraining themselves in your life right away. That is that is just cleaning. Red flag central. Now, this 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 uh, this actress Alexis De, Dezina, yeah, Dezina. Um, she is in a movie called Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Okay, Michael yep. Sarah and Kat Dennings. Uh, not not an overly good movie, but I saw it. I guess when it came out, like in the like oh eight oh nine, whatever it was. It, different in this, she in this one, she's like kind of like clingy and crazy, and that one, she is just literally the devil. Like she is just, <laughs> she's a mean girl. She's like a Regina George. And at eighteen years old, when I saw this episode of Andrade, <laughs> I would have thrown my life away for her. You but wanted her to ruin life. your life. I literally would have let her come in and ruin just <laughs> just treated me like absolute dirt, rub my face into the asphalt. <laughs> would have let that happen. So in this in this episode though, like he again, this is this is not the move. We all know, you know, he, he's he's just biding his time until, you know, he gets he starts he starts working his way back to the right one. But, sure, sure. Um yeah, so that that is my thoughts on, on this actress. So yeah, a lot of lot of love for the actress, not a lot of love for the performance. I think that's fair. She's not exactly my type. She's a little a little slight for me. I would look at her and be like, our, our kids would be tiny. I don't know why I would do this and uh I get it, man. She, she, I, we talked about this a little bit over text. It's such a bummer. And I talked about this last week with my desk last week. Like her career ends after this. I think people had a hard time separating her from this. She had only five acting roles over the course of the next 12 years. I mean, I did take a look at the, uh, the IMDB. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about her. Like there's, there's, um, there's not a lot to it and it gets worse. And I don't want to belabor that point every single week we talked about her, but this gets like more and more alarming as time goes by. And it's funny because like the boys initially div E shit and they're like, dude, what the hell? Like she's 
breaking your French press. She's staying over. She's shitting on your pile. Like, get rid of her. But then as things get crazier throughout the next three, four episodes, they kind of just, like, clam up. And that's what happens when... One of your boys is in a too deep of a downward spiral with a girl. You don't want to be the friend who's like, dump her, she's the worst, she's the devil. Because like, your friend could end up marrying that girl. And yeah, you would just I, be I've done. been I've been that guy, and I've been in the E position before. Yeah. Um, as as I think is is fairly well documented. Um, obviously not not with my wife. My wife is wonderful. Yes. But this, to be clear, yes. Yeah. <laughs> past times in my life, like I've been in that position, and yeah. it's. You don't want to be that guy, but yeah, and and I've also I've also been in the friend group where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can't. It gets to a certain point where it's too risky to say something because for that exact reason, if they have a wedding, you're gonna be there and you're gonna be the guy who was like shitting on her while they're exchanging vows. Or you might not be there because you might not get yeah. the invite. Cause exactly. As we exactly. all know, the guy tells the girl everything, then yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> let's move on from Ashley. It's it's uncomfortable. I'm 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 sweating. How would this episode be different today, plot wise, Kyle? Uh, already chastising E for being stressed out about TV, <laughs> and I, yeah, I think this is it's something you've touched on. It's, you know, how would this be different? TV is obviously a lot different. TV's trained now, yeah, yeah. Which, which is also funny. This is a TV show, and Ari yeah. is you know kind of a little meta meta type thing there, but. Um, getting like, if, if there was a pilot in this, you know, Charlie's pilot would probably be for some streamer or something like that, but it, it already wouldn't be downplaying being certainly being, being stressed about TV. And I think his like lesson of like, this is Hollywood. This happens all the time. You know, he's like, they rewrote his pilot and they're casting them and like, Ari basically says, like, more or less, that maybe he sucks. And, like, Mm -hmm. he's like, but, you know, I care about him so much. And Ari's like, don't. (laughs) Which is ironic because of how much Ari cares about Vince. And it's a little bit of a double standard, in my opinion. But he's trying to teach E some very harsh realities about Hollywood, just like he's trying to teach Turtle some harsh realities about business, which is that, like, this is a cold, man. There's no one here, like, oh, you you guys are best friends. Doesn't matter. The test scores are low. He's gone, that type of thing. I mean, there's a million horror stories of such and such was in this role Mm. for this big TV show, got recast. You know, pilot, you know, they did the pilot. Mm -hmm. This actor didn't test well. They recast them. And then the show went on to have, you know, 100 episodes. And this person missed out. And that's just the unfortunate, I mean, it happens. There was that the guy who was Marty McFly. Like that's, that's right. the, yep. the you know it it happens. Lacey Chabert was the voice of Med Griffin on Family Guy, and she was uh, recast uh, with Mila Kunis, and oh. that that's got five hundred episodes under its belt with rerun God, money I, I out of the ass. I didn't know that, but she she's now the darling of Hallmark, so it it works out. Yeah, she she's she's making her money. She went she went super religious as well. Um, yeah. This is bullshit. First they bring in some hack to rewrite his script. Now they're gonna replace him as an actor on his own show? Happens all the time. Yeah, well, it's not right. The world is a cold and heartless place. What am I supposed to do, Ari? E, it's real simple. You stay on as producer or you walk out of pride. Either way, Charlie's going. This is unbelievable. Take heart. I mean, you produce 100 episodes of even mediocre television and you can send the kid a Gulfstream to cry on. So mine would be that Turtle would go to business school online, so it would be even cheaper. <laughs> he wouldn't actually have to go to any classes. Like we see him later this season, like dressing up and like going in and out. It's like okay, you could just do that from the comfort of your home to your Turtle's his business idea too would be Turtle would start a podcast. Yes, exactly. Just about but you know living. He already should have started a podcast at this point. In, That's in true. Thing. And yeah, I guess Limhose wouldn't exactly work as a as a title. And the idea of like. I guess the whole business idea doesn't work anymore because of Uber, so it would be a different business idea. There's there's one for you. I kind of I didn't write that one down. Ronnie but. would find a way to work hose into it somewhere. Yes, exactly, exactly. Speaking of Ronnie, who wins the sixth man award this week? Someone who comes on screen and just makes the most of their minutes. Doesn't have to be Ronnie, but he's he's definitely a contender. It's Fifty Cent. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this this one was the easiest category. It's Fifty Cent. At least you look good. <laughs> is there is away. there any other is there any other candidate for that? Oh, I, only because I'm so like particular about keeping things segmented. Like I guess he's a celebrity cameo, and then you could say like Turtles' mom or cousin Ronnie, or even like Jamie Lynn, our good sits man. Just like they come on screen, they do a good job. They don't, but I guess someone who comes in and elevates it's got to be Fifty because that's what Fifty does. He comes in yeah. and makes the episode. He turns it from good to great, and uh, that's what everyone will remember this episode for, is like, oh, the one where Turtle gets the car and runs into 50 Cent on the boulevard, <laughs> wherever yeah, the hell he is. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, 
if you come into the episode and you create a gif that is still used on Twitter, you know, all the time years later, yeah, yeah, you're you're in. You've got to be the sixth man. That's it. What was your favorite Johnny drama moment from this week? <laughs> the uh, really like not the biggest drama episode. Sure. But it's it's the refusing to buy a friend a gift for the exact reasons I, I laid out earlier and that. Johnny has never bought friends gifts. Yes. And, and it is not, it is not this matter of principle. Like Johnny is always, I think the last time, the last time we, we talked on this podcast, we were talking about the Sundance kids. Like Johnny is always very insecure. Like yep. it, it's always his go-to for like, Oh, men shouldn't got to <laughs> insert here. Men shouldn't do anything that involve feelings insert here. But that in this case is just a cover for, I've been broke for 20 years. <laughs> not buying, I don't know. Like I am, that's my uh, my gr- interesting segue here. My grandma, okay, Johnny Johnny drama to my grandma. My grandma grew up in the Great Depression and was always was very much someone who didn't like. She wasn't a hoarder. Her house was very neat, but like didn't waste things. Was very like you never even even into her eighties was like don't know where the next meal's coming from. Like sure. always got to be wow. like that. Johnny drama is like that. Johnny <laughs> drama got kicked off a of Viking quest. And was broke for 20 years. And even though he's got money now, he's like looking, he's like ready to stab someone with a switchblade if they're going to take his finances. Like he's well, not, he's not buying gifts. It's wild. Not as, you know, we're both married men. And like, I know for a fact that you and I and our wives, we've all been between jobs at certain points. And like when that happens, even in a marriage, when it's dual incomes, you change your whole life. You know, all right, we're not doing anything. We're not spending a dime. We are... Let's take a look at all of our finances, our expenses. And that's been drama's life as a single man for, like you said, two decades. So, yeah, that insecurity has become more of a phobia at this point. He's 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 money phobic. But uh, it's just funny because you're right. At this point, he's probably banking like $1.8 million a year for his for five towns plus residuals plus any extra money he gets via appearances and stuff like that. Like He's doing perfectly fine, but he still yeah. has that mindset. He's probably paid off that condo. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd assume he's had the cash to just pay off the note. 100%. Uh, two lines. They're both in the in the breakfast scene. E goes, this morning she used my French press and she broke it. And Drama goes, Jesus Christ, E, you know what? Now I hate her. It's like <laughs> the most fired up he ever has been. It reminds me of when Dom comes to visit. I had Will DeFreeze, our mutual friend, on for this. And he's so upset that Dom is using his Le Creuset. He's like, what are you doing with my Le Creuset, bro? He, the kitchen is drama's domain. So, like, hearing that a high-end kitchen appliance is broken, it gets him the most fired up he's been in the whole season. As a person who likes cooking, I get that. Yep. I, I, I get, I now, um, I think I, I get, I, I empathize more with drama. I feel more similar to drama the older I get. Like, just being cantankerous, grumpy. Yep. But it's the, the kitchen thing. Like, it is it is drama's dojo. And you don't want to hear about something like that. Because, like, man, a friend, the break in the French press, that's sad. That's not something you fix. You just have to replace it. That's tough. And French presses aren't cheap. That's, no, they're not. Yeah. no, they're not. No, they're not. So that's totally fair. And then later they sit down at breakfast and drama grabs their hands and he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, we're going to pray. <laughs> it's such a weird, and he's like, get off me. <laughs> like, why suddenly? I think that he wants to pray be, like because the pilot is coming out that day and it's like, well, let's pray for good luck. But like, none of these guys have exhibited any religious tendencies. It's just so funny. He's like, I've decided we're praying at this breakfast. This morning, she used my French press and broke it. Jesus Christ, eh? You know what? Now I hate her. So do I. She's done. Okay, so she's done. So why are you letting her make you insecure? I'm not letting her make me insecure. Only a bitch lets a bitch make them insecure anyway. I'm not letting her make me insecure, Drama, but you of all people should know how stressful a test screening can be. Well, I'm on a hit series now. Test screenings are long behind me, so sorry if I can't coagulate with you. Um, I don't think you're using that word properly, Johnny. Really? Whatever. Just pray this test screening goes well, because Charlie really needs it, and so does the Murphy group. You should have let me do that cameo they wanted me to do. Then you'd both have had no worries. <laughs> yeah, you might have. I don't think Scorsese would be thrilled to see you rolling around on the CW. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Ew, what are you doing? We're going to pray. Get off me. Drama is the kind of guy who would get down. There's that scene in Bull Durham where the guy is begging the, the first baseman to tap his bat yep. with the chicken bone. Like if you believe in voodoo, drama is that guy. Drama would dive into anything if it would if it would give any little chance of success. Very superstitious, Johnny Drama. We've talked a lot about Ari Gold's favorite Ari Gold moments. Got to be the interaction with Turtle. I want to give you one more though, and it's when he's on the phone with E, and he basically says like, "What I'm capable of doing and what you're capable of doing are two completely different things." And E goes, "What do you mean?" And he's like, 
Here's what I would do. And he basically lays out like the Ari Gold blueprint. I would storm in. I would scream, beg, borrow, lie, and steal. I would call racism. He, it's a perfect encapsulation of the lengths Ari Gold is willing to go to. And he's basically challenging E, like go to those lengths. Wow, it's been a whole 10 minutes since I've been called by one of the Jonas Brothers. What's up, E? When you told me to get rid of Charlie, was that your honest answer? Or were you just looking out for Vince? Vince is my client who is producing this show with you. So of course I'm looking out for him. Oh, come on, Ari. Vince doesn't care about the show. You know that. He's a producer in name only. But Charlie is my client who I do care about. So if you pretended to care about him or me, what would you do? What's the difference? Well, I'd like to try to do something. What I'm capable of doing and what you're capable of doing are two totally different things. Well, what would you do? I would make a scene of biblical proportions. I would lie, scream, beg, borrow, and steal. And if that somehow didn't part Amy Miller's legs, then I would call racism. And I would yell for all to hear, you're really gonna fire my poor black client off the show he created? I'm calling the NAACP, the Reverend Al Sharpton, and the ghost of my man, Malcolm X. Awesome. I guess I'll try my own thing. Good luck. And then E fucks it up because he just does that exact thing, which is, which is a very humorous scene. I would say Kevin Connolly doesn't get a lot of comedic moments, but it, it's good in my opinion. Jean? Yes, let me tell her you're here. I'll tell her. Uh, Mr. Murphy, Mr. Murphy. I just want you to know that what you guys hey. are doing is disgusting. Charlie busted his ass for you, and you guys are going to toss him off because what? 40 idiots from Modesto who had nothing better to do today than to watch a pilot in order to get a free lunch claim they didn't like him? I liked him. That's why I signed him. And you liked him. That's why you cast him. You were right. Don't doubt yourself now. Charlie Williams is this network's next superstar. Do you really believe that? Yeah, I do. Well, I'm sorry, we don't. There is no way that Charlie Williams is gonna be acting in this show. Well, then maybe you're a racist. I, I would agree that the answer is, uh, the, the favorite Ari moment is obviously the thing with Turtle, but I, yep. I'd written down too the, the conversation with E. Yeah. It's, it's like really, again, there's so many, we get caught up in the outlandish Jeremy Piven moments in this show, you know, the screaming, get the fuck out, writing, yep. get the fuck out, and, and screaming at someone like that, and then like, you know, talking shit to E on the phone, like those bits and stuff like that, when he's actually like a, kind of like you said earlier, like a father figure or when, when he is actually just like being, being the straight man and being mm -hmm. in like, yes, what he's describing is an outlandish situation, but just, just outlining the realities of the situation and what he does and, and what he needs to do and, and laying out why he's so successful. Those scenes are, especially in these later seasons or when Jeremy Piven is at his best, it's almost like, it's not exhausting the the outlandish Ari Gold. That's what got a lot of the mm -hmm. attention on the show and stuff like that. But like moments in insight into his actual psyche are really really intriguing. It's like when the show is really successful. And at the end of this episode, after like E calls him and recaps, the last thing Ari says is he goes, "Hey E, I'm proud of you." And it's like he doesn't say that that often. He's usually mm -hmm. shitting on E's height, shitting on Turtles' uselessness, and ignoring drama. And it's he he when he says that type of stuff he means it <laughs> i can't believe you actually said that yeah me either you should have seen the look on amy miller's face <laughs> i can only imagine now i gotta go see charlie's face i had to fire my brother once really from a paper route it was rough my parents wouldn't talk to me for a week that's a good story ari e yeah at least you went for it so what I mean, where did it get me? With some much-needed lying experience. So? So next time, you'll come up with a better lie. What? You're the one that told me to say that! Yeah, but I can't believe you actually did. Me either. Listen, E, I'm proud of you. Thanks, Ari. Later. Later. Perfect transition to who besides Vince won the episode. I I'm saying Ari. So... Jeremy Piven, I think, won the episode. Yeah. Like, Ari had a really good episode. I think Turtle won the episode because he walked away with two That's luxury fair. vehicles yeah. and, and, and some career ambition. You know what's funny is I think a couple times already this season I've gone, I think so-and-so wins the episode, and then someone goes, but Turtle's sleeping with Jamie Lynn Siegler and also got X, Y, or Z this episode, so he also wins. And it's like, yeah, you're right. He's yeah. definitely on the come-up. Uh, so, yeah, Jeremy Piven slash the character of Turtle tie for who won this week's episode. Yeah. Yeah, and pretty much anyone but uh, but Bow Wow. Yeah, Jesus, seriously. Or Ashley. Uh, 
A list episode, yeah, right. B list episode, or D list episode, and we tan do pluses or minuses, Kyle. I'm gonna say this is just a straight up B. Okay. Uh, in terms of the the latter half of the show, I would say like the post post Medellin is that is that the the um, B C and A D of Entourage. What would you Pretty say much. like the, the exact middle like can? Can yeah. Does that's exactly that's the end of season four, and there are eight seasons of the show, so that's literally the midpoint. Mm-hmm. In in terms of of then AC episodes after mm-hmm. Can, this is one of the better executed ones. Completely, um, it lets it lets other characters share the ball. It has enough Vince in it that is good, but it's not dominating the show. And there's also it's not like a negative impact on the show. But it's mm-hmm. kind of nice when the characters have reached a point of I guess is maturity the word, but like have reached a point of development where their storylines and having interest in them can actually carry an episode uh, because everything early in the season was, it's got to have a major, major Ari thing or a major Vince thing. Like Vince is the, the fulcrum of the show and he's really in the background of this episode. Yeah. Like it's very, very minor character, not minor, but for yeah. Vince Sanders, very minor in this episode. And this is a really well balanced episode. I think. I couldn't have said any better myself. I, I was going to say B, maybe B plus, just given given how hard these episodes fall off in the next. I'm, I'm trying to be cognizant of like, this is kind of the last of the good times. You know, we have mm-hmm. the Dolph episode in two weeks and like things start to really, really uh, flatten after that. And um, so I'm, I'm trying to keep in perspective that this, if looking at the grand scope of the last two and a half seasons of the show, this is definitely one of the better ones. So I might go B plus. But, but overall, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed this episode with you, man. It's always great to have you on. Tell us what's going on with uh, Bidstream Sports and From Phenom to the Farm. This won't air for about three weeks, so I don't know if you, you're planned out that far ahead. Um, so we've got, on, on the Big Screen Sports Patreon group, we, uh, we've got three polls up for October the October slate. Mm-hmm. Um, so the October slate, I can tell you, looks good. Uh, looking, looking like a strong October slate of movies, uh, but big screen sports comes at you every Monday. We're talking at big screen sports. Now all movies are sports movies. So we're, <laughs> we're talking, we're talking movies, break them down every Monday. That stuff's fun. We're looking soon at incorporating some more Ted Lasso content, yep. um, as we kind of await what's going to go on with season three, but we've got some stuff planned beyond just, just recapping episodes. Um, you know, you'll, you'll catch JR on there every now and then. I think we talked Kingpin recently. We That's talked right. Hustle, which was, which was good. Um, but it's me, it's Caroline Darney, Alex McDaniel. That's fun. From Feeding Down to the Farm comes at you every other Tuesday. That's a baseball interview series. Each episode talking to a former or current professional baseball player, um, about, about their career, walking through amateur ball, the minor leagues, uh, on up to the big league. So good stuff there. So yeah, if you want to check that out, just follow me on Twitter at Kyle Banduho. I will tweet out everything. Kyle, thanks for coming on. I might want to have you back for the finale of season six. We got Matt Damon. We got LeBron James. We got E getting married. There's there's a lot to unpack. I'm going to see you, I think, this weekend in the timeline of the show. So if anyone's in Austin uh, on Saturday, uh, I don't know what date that is, Saturday, October 15th or something, Kyle and I will be bopping around. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next Monday. Awesome. Thanks, man. (laughs) 